So you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you making the time, Dana. And as fates would have it, you know, meeting um, just for that one day when you were out here in Columbus, yep. um, speaking at that event on the panel. Oh my gosh. I, I think I mentioned this when we first, when I first met you is you have that smile that just like you glow. And so <laughs> your, your personality is just very contagious. And it sounds like obviously having 11 Keller Williams offices, being a serial entrepreneur, owner operating principal with Keller Williams, and you do a lot of things, right? Uh, I would love to back up though. So let's, let's dive into to Dana, right? Did you always dream about being a real estate agent or being owner operating principal? Why real estate? How did this happen? Yeah, so yes. Well, and I loved meeting you that day also. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I love to be able to share and learn from other people. And before we even started recording, you already taught me a ton of stuff. So thank you. <laughs> um, value exchange. I love it. Um, no. So the answer to your question is no. I did not think that this was this wasn't something that I always wanted to do. I actually really had no clue what I wanted to do. Um, this year is my 18th year in real estate, which is crazy to think about. And um, I was in school at the University of Kentucky as a sophomore. Um, I had been uh, just had different, several different jobs. Um, and actually, I was a this, you'll get a kick out of this. Most people laugh at this. I um, spray tanned naked people when I was in college. That was basically what I did. <laughs> I have a friend who owns a spray tanning business in San Diego. Really? So, okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, like I was like the go-to person if you wanted to have a great spray tan. And um, I was doing that. I was also working at a property management office for mm -hmm. uh, someone. And so I kind of was a little familiar with real estate. You, um, you're starting to see some of the, yeah. some of the inner workings. Okay, cool. Yes, I could definitely see it. And I was, um, I was at, I was at UK as a sophomore and one of my, one of actually one of my dad's friends said, you should get your real estate license. You would be so great at real estate. And I was like, really? I didn't even, you know, I had just never thought about it before. And so I ended up going and I just did like a quick six week, um, in-person class while I was in school, while I was working two other jobs. And did you say uh, what you were studying by the way? I was studying business and communicate business management and communications. Okay. And um, I got my real estate license that year. I started working for a builder. So I was selling new, repping new construction homes. I was sitting open houses, you know, seven days a week um, and really just focusing on that. And then I started having a lot of success. I was converting people. I was building great relationships. I had so many great relationships from my tanning bed days and spray tanning people. You know, once you spray tan somebody, you kind of have an intimate relationship. Yeah. You have an intimate relationship with them. So once people knew that I had got my license, it was like they kind of just started coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. yeah, similar to you. Yeah. And so um, I actually dropped out of school. I never went back. I don't have a college degree. I didn't graduate. Um, I And for many years, Thomas, I was like very embarrassed to say that to people or I felt like mm. people were going to kind of, you know, just be like, oh, really? You didn't graduate college? Um, and now I look back and it it's kind of like, it was just part of my journey. I mean, it, it was what it was. I came out of the gate. I was sold 40 houses that year and just, you know, had, had so much quick um, success, but that came from a lot of hard work. I'm definitely, you know, never, I've never been afraid of work. And so um, for me, it was just part of my life that I think it was something that set me up for so much more. And um yeah. So no, I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing today. So I, I but when I get, did get into real estate, I loved it. And I think the reason is because I love people 
And I love to build relationships. I think one of my superpowers is a connector. I like to connect people. I connect well with people. I'm intentional about it. You know, now I've spent thousands of hours and thousands of dollars learning how to be a great connector. But I think it came naturally to me also from the beginning. So yeah, I, I also think part two of that is when I started selling, I thought that I would sell forever. Um, I never really thought of leadership as as an option or, you know, I was just in the day-to-day grind of selling and loved it, um, loved working with my clients and with investors. And I repped several new construction builders and new construction was kind of like my niche, if you will. Um, and then I got the opportunity to step into a leadership role inside of a Keller Williams office. And uh, from there, kind of everything just took off and exploded. So I still have a team that sells, but I haven't I haven't sold for about eight years now. Dang. All right. So you're currently in North Carolina. Are you from North North Carolina? Are you from South Carolina? No, I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. And I still have, we still have my house in Lexington. I still go back um, every week. Yeah, I got married a year and a half ago, but um, my my now husband was in Charleston. So when we met, he, I kind of came here for him. And then also my whole family moved here and now like half of my friends have second houses here. How much, how much of your family? My brother is here. Um, my parents were here. My dad passed away last year, but he was here and my mom is still here. So it's, it's, yeah, we kind of migrated. Now in South Carolina. Yeah. Now in Charleston. You, you pulled off what a lot of people joke about, right? Including what yeah. I have, me and my family have talked about, which is like, oh man, like if we could get everyone out of California yeah. and all be in the same place. So are there, do you have family back in Kentucky? Probably? It's pretty great. Uh, yeah, I still have like um, my cousins and, you know, aunt and uncle and stuff in Kentucky and still go back. Like, so, I mean, all my all my best friends are there. My business partners are all there. Um, th- really, truly, the pandemic kind of made it possible because everybody was, you know, we were remote. And so for two years, Zoom was, you know, normal all of a sudden. So I didn't, I was going for three years, I was two weeks in Kentucky, two weeks in Charleston, two weeks, like every two weeks, back and forth, back and forth. So it it really kind of helped me with things. But yeah, I will say though, Charleston's kind of a place, you know, once you come here and you hang out for a little bit, it's easy to get people to move here. So that worked out. Nice. So you said friends, you have friends there too. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, You mentioned something about you've spent a lot of time, like, how did you become a good connector? Right. But I want to, I guess maybe you can answer this question right off the bat is who's someone in your life that taught you one of the most important things you've ever learned growing up? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say, so I have been very blessed and, and, um, actually I'll be with him next week to be mentored by John Maxwell. And he's just one of the greatest leadership, I think, coaches, leadership um, mentors of all times. He's written more books on leadership than, you know, any other author ever has. And John's just such an amazing person. And I was introduced to John from one of my dear friends and mentors, Linda McKissick, who um, owns the Keller Williams Ohio Valley region. So she's been with KW for for years, um, I think since like the late 80s. And uh, Linda um, has been a mentor and close friend of mine. We also have a podcast together. That's my podcast um, co-host partner. But Linda introduced me to John uh, maybe seven years ago. And so since then, I've just had a great connection with John. And um, any anytime I can get 
it's like you if you get the opportunity once you've been with John and then you and then you get the opportunity to do something else with John we always joke and say like your wallet just magically opens and you're like any I'll pay whatever to be in John's presence because he's just like that powerful of a leader and a mentor and John really is the person that I started studying from the beginning on connecting with people on being a great leader um, he actually, you'll love this. He has a new book coming out. He has two books coming out this year, one in April and then one later, I think in the fall. But um, the, the later one is actually called Return on Failure. And it's all about people's experiences and how they've taken failure and they've let it shape their experience and shape their life for something better instead of something, you know, not better. He always says that you can't separate success and failure because anytime you've had a lot of success, you've most definitely experienced failure along the way. And so I would, I would say when it comes to connecting and being intentional, I, I've just followed John. I've modeled after what John has done. I've read every book he's ever written on it. Um, I've, you know, I, we, I have a personal goal of being with him four times a year so that I can just soak it up. And my husband and I, you know, we always travel and, and we'll go see John anywhere. Um, but he, it's, it's just one of the most important things I've learned from him is just being intentional and learning how to connect with people because. Number one, most people can smell BS from a mile away. Um, and then number two, in today's world, people would rather follow a leader that's real than a leader that's right. Um, that's Craig Groeschel is another leader that I love to follow who talks a lot about that. But it's about being authentic and genuine and, you know, truly caring and 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 thinking of ways you can be intentional with people instead of just coming in hot, trying to sell something and, you know, not building that connection. That's amazing. Yeah, and so true. Uh, so John Maxwell, do you meet with him like one-on-one? -on -one? Is this small group coaching? Is this large group? Is this conferences? What is it? All, it's all of the above. But typically, it's usually like we'll go to a, a, some events that he has throughout the year. Next week, um, he just started something new. And Adam and I were like so grateful to be invited to it. But he's inviting 40 people to his house in West Palm Beach who are leaders in different avenues. Some are pastors. Some are leaders. Some are coaches. I mean, it's all over the place. <laughs> but it's called a high capacity round table. And then typically twice a year, I'll pay to go to a round table with him. Last year I did two. Um, one was in Highlands, North Carolina, where he had uh, Dr. Henry Cloud come and teach us for a day who wrote the book, Boundaries, Trust, Necessary Endings. He's great. Um, Love that book. Yeah, so good. And then the second one we did was amazing. We went to Chattahoochee, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. And we spent the day with um, Dan Kathy, Truett Kathy's son who founded Chick-fil-A. So we had hey. private, like everything of learning how Chick-fil-A operates, how their leadership style is. I mean, there's just, when you do, do stuff with John, like you meet people that you wouldn't get to meet if it wasn't for John, you know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, so it's the circles of people we surround ourselves by. Okay. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, it is very much so. About intentionalism, right? Which I feel like also, you know, you seem like a process-driven person. Am I right, Dana? Yeah, definitely. Okay. It's kind of how, what you have to do, right? Otherwise, yeah. I mean, life doesn't get easier, right? You just got to get better at life. So true. Yes. That's so, it probably gets so harder. So talk to me about, what was that? I said it probably gets harder, actually, as the more success you have and things, it, it just depends, right? Yeah. One of, I, I mean, it doesn't matter to me if you're the Pope the president, a police officer, a homeless person, a real estate agent, a mortgage lender, you don't get to not be human. Right. And as human beings, we only experience adversity the same way. Yeah. It's the biggest problem you have. 
Yeah. And all those people only have, we all only have 24 hours in a day. Like I always say that when you look at somebody that's super uber successful, like they have the same amount of time every day that you have. So it's just what they choose to do with it versus what you might be choosing to do with it. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned about, you know, failure, right. Is I've heard said, right. When something happens, you get to choose. Did this happen to me or did this happen for me? Yeah. And I get it. There's a lot of the times where you're all like, what? Like, yeah. Because depending on what it is, it could be really bad. Yeah. But you you get to choose, right? That's one of the choices that we have is okay, mindset. Let's it's done. It happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what are talk to me about some of the processes that you've found over the years, right? So if we can back up a little bit, right? Because what okay. I what I want to pull out of you is the experiences, some of the things yep. that you've learned the hard way, right? Whether that's mistakes you made, people you fired, right? What are, let's focus on that process, right? And the intentionalism behind that, because it sounds like you've had a lot of mentorship with it. Yeah. Are there things that come to mind that specifically around how age, you, you run your business, right? Your, all your businesses, right? Because you have an interior uh, fashion design company, right? You have your transaction marketing company. You have a coaching company. Yeah. Maybe Kelly Williams thing going. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've learned there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This, this could be a five hour long podcast on, on failures that I've had (laughs) and lessons that I've learned. Um, You know, I have a quote that I've just always loved that I think kind of drives me and it's see you at the top because the bottom is too crowded. And so for me, I, I think I have always really, I'm very intentional with goal setting. I'm very intentional with um, scribing. I believe there's a lot of power in scribing and writing down what you want and then looking at it every day and manifesting on it and praying on it and meditating on it and, and all of those things. So one, I would say process number one is I have to have a vision and I would encourage everybody else. You have to have a vision of where you're going. Um, last year I read a super powerful book by Dr. Benjamin Hardy called Be Your Future Self Now. He also wrote with Dan Sullivan, 10X is Easier Than 2X, two books I would highly recommend any entrepreneur or business owner read. But the whole premise is you're, you are, you're processing, you're planning your processes and you're processing and planning today for 10 years from now, not for tomorrow. So like you're looking, like I'm looking at where I want to be in 10 years, always, constantly, like what is my age in 10 years? Um, you know, what does my wealth want, need to look like in 10 years? What do my businesses? What is my time? What is my family? What, I mean, what are my health habits? All of those things in 10 years. And then you almost work, you let your future self, this is at least this is what I do. I let my future self pull me towards that instead of really looking, you know, backwards and or thinking, okay, well, let's see, you know, what do we need to do next week? Now, with that being said, of course, we all have to-do lists. We all have schedules. We have, I mean, mine is like, crazy. I have to keep my paper calendar with me at all times because that that's just what we live and, you know, breathe by. What works for you. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can do, but okay. Yeah, totally. Like I can control, I know I can control my time and I tend to spiral when I don't have freedom of my time. Like that's just a kind of a, I don't know, personal thing for me. Like if I start to get anxious or I'm feeling, you know, out of control, it's usually because I'm not in control of my time and that does not work good for me. So processes and failures along the way, um, I would say one in the beginning, I didn't have a vision. I was just out there grinding, hustling, and it worked for me 
for was about this as a builder rep or this was as a, a realtor. So, I mean, I was doing, I was selling new construction homes and I was selling resale homes. I mean, just everything. Um, and even then moving into leadership, probably for the first two to three years, it's like, you're just learning. And someone I've always, someone taught me this and it was so true. Anytime you're starting something new, you're like an accordion and you're stretched all the way out. And like little bit by little bit, as you learn and as you're in the experience and as you you know, grow in your role, like you're coming back in to, to the middle, to the normal. And for so many years, I just felt like I was stretched all the way out. You know, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And, but, but when I look back, it's because I never really set like a true vision, probably until about eight or nine years ago, to be honest, did I actually really start doing that? But man, Thomas, like the way that things have changed since then, because I'm so intentional with just where I'm going and what I'm, what I'm going to do. And, and really the bottom is too crowded. I mean, very few, there are very few one percenters in this world. <laughs> I mean, very few look at athletes, you know, how many thousands, you know, want to be in the NFL and, or, or whatever the NBA or whatever sport you like. Um, it, and actually we just did a, a lesson with Nate, with a Navy SEAL. We had a Navy SEAL on that we interviewed and like thousands of people try out and want to be Navy SEALs, but like, what do they take 30 a year? I think it is or something like that. Yeah. So there's just very few one percenters. And I think the lessons along the way that I've learned is to be that one percenter or even to be a 10 percenter, like you have to be, your life has to look so different than everybody else. You have to be willing to do the things that other people are not willing to do. Um, and, and honestly, if I can speak kind of candidly right now, I'm struggling finding people that want to work now. I mean, it's, yeah. It's interesting. You know, it's it's interesting the way that I don't know if it's post pandemic. I don't know if I don't know what it is, but it's you have to be willing to do the things that other people are not willing to do. And, you know, for me, I think in the beginning, some even some failures that I had were just grinding every day and not really setting that vision and having control over over my calendar, over my time or knowing just what I was looking to accomplish. I was so focused on like getting the next commission check or, you know, getting just getting through the month and getting my transactions closed out. I mean, it's like you stay in the weeds instead of having that 30,000 foot view. And the only way I was actually able to even get out of the weeds to the 30,000 foot view is through coaching and mentors. Like, that's why I'm so passionate about having a coach. If you are a business owner, an entrepreneur, whatever you're doing, if you don't have a coach, like to me, that's rule number one. Because somebody has to keep you out of the weeds and hold you accountable because we'll let ourselves down every day, all day long. The reason accountability works is because by nature, we don't want to let somebody else down. And so if you, you know, if you have that person coaching you, mentoring you, multiple people holding you accountable, like that, that was a huge lesson in the beginning. I thought, oh my gosh, I don't need some, like, I don't like to be held accountable. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. That's not what it is. You know, like now I'm like, man, where could I even be now if I would have started having a coach from day one versus, you know, waiting eight years to get one. Yeah. But we only learn in retrospect, yeah. right? And I guess even if we were to go back and try and change something, would things, could we be where we are today? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I always like to say, I wouldn't go back and change one thing about my past, even though there are so many things that I could have done better or mistakes I wish I didn't yeah. make, but I might not have my wife or any one of my three kids. If yep. And again, that's just me being a little weird where it's like, no, no, no. I don't want to alternate the timeline. Yeah. Like, so no, I, I believe yeah. that too. Like, I don't think there's even some of my greatest failures and mistakes. I would not change them for anything because 
they lined me up to be where I am today. And John Maxwell always says like, you were born for this, write down these five words, you were born for this. And I believe that like wherever you are, especially as a person of faith, like wherever you are, that's where you're supposed to be. Like to me, that's my assignment for, for the time being for the season. And so just figuring out, you know, what I can do to serve other people and, and to be the best that I can during that season or assignment until something else changes, but not regretting anything. Because if you have the mindset of you can learn from everything, which I think you and I both have. Yes. Yeah, no, that I, uh, I love the way that you put that as well, because, uh, actually one of my coaches, Jonathan Roach, I'm going to share something he, he says in a second, but you know, he's, he's also a spiritual guy. And I think that it's important that we're intentional about yeah. our personal, spiritual, and professional life. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay if you believe in the universe or whatever it is that yeah, you believe totally. in, that's fine. But a lot of the times people aren't integrated. Yeah. I, I actually prefer that word now. Uh, one time I got, I got called out for using the word, the term work-life balance. Well, my one of my other coaches, Renee Rodriguez, hates that term. Why? So, there's never a balance. Because it implies that you're taking away from something to give to something else. Yeah. Right? But you can't, why can't you just be integrated? Yeah. Why can't, like, if you're, if you're, if you want to be fit, then you're into fitness. That's your life. Right. If you want to be spiritual, then you go to church and you pray. It's like, and again, life doesn't get easier. So you just have to do all these things. And I feel like sometimes we life hack it, but I want to come back. I'm going to ask you a question. There's so many good things. You just, there's so much to unpack. Right. I love the accountability piece because uh, one of the things that Jonathan Roach talks about is, you know, right doesn't matter if, you know, you're an agent and you have these goals of you're going to get up and you're going to door knock, you know, hundred doors today Yeah. and something happens and you didn't hit your morning routine. And then it's like, oh, like I got to do this thing and I got to walk the dog and whatever. And it's like, yeah. And then you just push off door knocking till another day. Well, guess what? You, it doesn't matter if other people don't know, you know, and then he, you know, he gives this analogy, which is, uh, it's a little weird analogy, but okay, we'll go with it is. So imagine if every time you do that, you know, you, there's a little nick on your arm, right? You just, you just nick, it's just a little nick from out of you. And then over time, that nick turns into a big hole mm. and you just put a shirt on because you're like, I don't want people to see this hole. You know, it's there. Wow. Right. And now we're getting into the mindset and sci- psychology because Jonathan coaches a lot of like, I- I'm pretty sure over the entire NFL playoff, he was coaching players on every team that was playing. Wow. He coaches cool. CEOs, he coaches NBA players, PJ uh, pros. He coaches a lot of people and he keeps it confidential. He doesn't talk about who he coaches. Yeah. But like, that's, that's so true is like into the mindset of a lot of these high level athletes, people, yep. you, if you're not hitting these things, right. If you're not having a successful day, something else I wanted to touch on is yeah. like, I like the idea of, again, if we're pushing toward our future self, what is future us doing? Yeah. And do you have a list? Do you have a list of what actually, what, what's the definition of a successful day today? Yeah. And did you, did you do those things? Great right? question. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about like, you mentioned it, you said it in a different way. So maybe we got it from the same place, but I always say successful people do what other people think is unreasonable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, it's not going to get any easier. It's going to get harder actually. Yeah. And, <laughs> so and I'm gonna start saying uh, that a great thing about that too, is a great quote around that too, is um, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And I think that's huge too. Like consistency is it. I mean, consistency beat, John Maxwell says consistency beats intensity every time. And for many years, I probably 
had success because of the intensity level that I had, because I'm just willing to go, go, go and grind, grind, grind and do it. Um, and being consistent. Wow. That has taught me so many lessons over the last several years. I'm still learning lessons around being consistent because yeah. consistency beats intensity every single time. And so when you're wanting to show up different and be a one percenter, you're consistent. I mean, you are consistent in the things that you should be doing. And everybody's, I think, successful day is going to look different. I mean, a successful day for me is I get quiet time in the morning. I start my day, you know, spiritually with the Lord first, because I just, that's my thing. And then I think, um, after that, I need to like walk or get outside, get some sort of sunshine or sunlight. I believe like, I think my day is always better that way. And then no matter what comes throughout the day for me, it's a successful day. If I impacted, if I served, if I, you know, brought value in some way, shape or form to the people that I'm leading. And then also, of course, if I made an, if I made an impact in my businesses, if we, because not every, you're not going to have a great day every day in your businesses. In fact, in fact, it's more like a roller coaster. <laughs> you're going to, some days especially are great. as a real estate agent for all those who oh, may yeah. be hearing this, thinking about getting into real estate. There yes. You go. When, especially I always joke and say, real estate has got to be the only business that you can wake up in the morning and you're at the height of heights. And with one phone call, you're in the pits of hell in like 30 seconds. Like it's such a, you know, you're just up and down all the time. Um, so you got to have a lot of emotional Perspective intelligence. and a good mindset. I love that. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have a plan, then somebody else will make you part of theirs. Yeah, totally. You're gonna, you'll get, you'll get pulled all around. So the question I wanted to ask you is, did you, do you, have you ever felt right over the past 18 years? And I'm sure we could go back farther, but let's just focus on the last 18 years. Have you ever felt like you got there? Like it was, I, it was working. It was your, your process, your mindset, things were exactly the way that they wanted to be. I mean, I think I've had some great successes. I also am an achiever. But I'm talking about your belief. Like, do you feel like you, you got there, right? Or what are, what's your inner dialogue? You know, what's that, what's that look like? I mean, no, I guess the answer is no, because I feel like I'm, I still am becoming every day. Um, I'm, I still like, I'm, I feel like I, I still can do so much more. Um, I love John Maxwell says his dad at 92, his dad passed away at 95 at 92. He said, John, I really feel like my best days are still ahead of me. And I'm like, man, what a lesson in that. And I just, I think there's really not a finish line. So I don't feel like, man, yeah, I got there. Do I, do I celebrate some of the successes? Yeah. Like yesterday I sent a great email to all 360, 70, however many we have, 76 agents in the, in our Keller Williams consultants office there in Columbus, because out of 850 Keller Williams offices, um, we, for January, we're number 21 in the entire, all of the Keller Williams ecosystem. We, we made it in the top 25. We're in, we're number 21 for profit and profit share. And that's a huge success. And so, you know, I took that office over six years ago. And I think for the first three years, every time I went to Columbus and then went back home, I'm, I was like, just pissed and crying and, you know, like, sapping what? energy from you. And like, yeah, I'm like, why did I do this? And, you know, these people don't like Kentucky and they wear all this red and like, they don't like my accent and just, you know, all these, things. all this red, what's with what these is people up with all the red and all the Buckeyes, like what is going on around here? Um, and then, you know, yesterday I had like an aha moment when I was sending that email to everybody because I was like, man, like we've done it. I mean, what, what are, we still can be way better and we have a lot more goals to hit yet. It's, it's, 
the intentionality that we've put behind that so many people don't even see, like it's, it's start, the momentum is there, like, you know, like now we've got the momentum and, and we're rolling with it. So I think you have different times. I have had different times where I'm like, man, like we, we've done it. Like we've nailed it. We're here. Um, but I think momentum is a funny thing because you can have it and you can lose it <laughs> and then you got to try to get it back and then you can have it for a few years and then you can lose it again. So I just don't think that there's ever a finish line where I'm like, man, I did it. But I think that there are measures, certain measures of success that I'm excited about. But for me, like I'm an achiever naturally. So, I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to get better. We're always trying to grow. We're always trying to do more. I love that. Yeah. Um, you read The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek? Oh, yeah. Years ago. I go. love that. I can't, I can't, it's one of the founding principles of, of NEO, right? Of our yeah. company is that a lot of people are cool. trying to win business, yeah. right? They're trying to like, oh, we we're number one in the country. Yeah. It's like, great. Like until when, right. Yeah. Until, you know, is it going to be loan depot? Is it going to be mortgage? Is it going to be like, yeah. and why, right? Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? They're trying, they're playing this finite They're They're treating an infinite game, like a finite game. It's something yep. you can win. Well, yep. nobody ever wins business, right? Yep. So nobody, true. nobody ever wins life. It's yep. something that's constantly, that's why I wanted to ask the question is I think that Oh, and I've seen this. There's a lot of people who maybe make excuses is just a very blunt way of saying it, right? Yeah. Where they're to your what you're saying, which you mentioned earlier, it's almost like the iceberg, right? They look at people and they're like, Oh, I could never be Dana. Yeah. Like like Dana's just like the people look at you and they maybe even treat you like, Yeah, oh my gosh, there's just you she's there. She got yeah. there. But they're most of the time, and this is my experience, is I've never really felt throughout my life like, oh my gosh, I was there. Yeah. Right? I got there. But in retrospect, you look you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, like, wow, mm -hmm. we've come so far. But I also love that is we're not like, where's, where's this finish line? Yeah. It's never going to stop. Yeah. Um, okay. You made me just think of two things on that. Um, one is people always, um, I've always been taught and, and coached this. People always want to say, um, I want what you have, but they're, but, but when you ask them, are you willing to do what I did? Cause you have to like do the did to get to the do where you are now. And most people aren't. I mean, they're not willing to do like, I think sometimes I look at these agents and, and I want, I think sometimes I want more for them than they want for themselves, which is every mm. leader's dilemma. <laughs> you know, it's like you lead people and you can see their potential and you want so much more for them than they want for themselves. But I think like, man, I remember it's like now that they'll put on their goals, like I want to host two open houses a month. And I remember like I was hosting seven open houses a week, every single day trucking it to the grocery to blow up balloons, putting them out when it was windy and snowy and putting out 10 directional signs. You know, I mean, there's just, I do think the market, you know, I do think we're getting back to like doing the things that we used to do. Cause now we've moved from a skip from a, we were in a skill-based market. We went to a speed-based market. And now we're back to a skill-based market, but I do look yeah. at that and I think, man, I just don't know that some of these people are willing to do the things that people do to get to where they are. Um, and then the other thing you said, something that made me think of this too, Thomas, our, my kind of business quote for the year this year, um, goes with what you just said about like everybody just wanting to win and, and to be number one. And it's this true competitors are not trying to beat someone else. They're trying to be the best that they can be. And the byproduct is they beat others. 
and really to me, like, that's what it's about. Like we, yeah, I'm, I'm a competitive person and I want us to be number one, but I don't want us to be number one because we like scratched and clawed our way there. And, you know, we did things we shouldn't do or, you know, anything like that. I want us to be number one because we were the best that we can be. And every day we strive to be the best and to give value. And the byproduct of that was we beat everybody else. Do you want to did, do you want to do what I did? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it being really hard to find people that are willing to to work hard. And yeah, I remember um, so there's an agent here in the Columbus market. I imagine you probably know, but she was asking, there's this clubhouse call that we do every single week. And, and there's, she's kind of a little flabbergasted. She's like, what is up with agents? Like, why aren't they just, are they just not willing to work? Like, and so it really, my answer to that is I think that yes, over, I guess you could blame the pandemic, but I think that this is, definitely true in our culture as well mm-hmm. is there's this, this addiction to instant gratification so and true. it's so easy today to feel successful yep and you didn't actually accomplish a damn thing yep i totally agree so with that so when a lot of the times i think people aren't talking about it right that we don't want to talk about the fact that you you may have actually slept in uh went shopping then watch some Netflix, then did some work, then like, okay, like I got to pick up my kids now. And then when you actually have real conversations with people, what they say is there's just either not enough time, right? And now now they start to justify and make excuses rather than own their shit. It's like, you just chose to do other things that made you feel good. And we all know, whoever listening, you know what that thing is. You know what the things are. That, that we're kind of as a culture now addicted to. And sure, the pandemic maybe really, really pushed that hard mm-hmm. for people because it was so much easier to do it now. It was so much easier to, to make a, if you're not willing to make a personal sacrifice, yeah. right? Then, yeah, I think there's a lot of people now that um, I wanted to share this uh, as well. Something else Jonathan Roach talks about is uh, maybe you should coach with him. He coaches a lot of great people. He has the same last name as my husband. So I'm like, who, Roach, are we related? Or like, do I need to to check him out? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, he's on the East Coast. Um, Treating people as if they're world-class. And and this is something that you really have to embody. And now it becomes a, you know, be the change you want to see exercise, right? Is we see these things in people and we want so much for them. We want them to be world-class because we see it yeah and i want it for you but it's also really hard to now toe that line of treat them like the world-class version of themselves mm-hmm. i love right? that. like and, I, and what i've seen is I've, I've seen jonathan do this right it's easy to say this and to preach it but i remember there was a, a mortgage conference we went to uh maybe this was a year or two ago and you know jonathan's just hanging out he always hangs out like in the back he watches the entire conference He's not making excuses. Like yeah. he, he does it, right? A lot of the time speakers are like, you know, there and gone. And he goes over to the AV guys in the back and he starts talking to them about their job and whatnot. And he's like, hey, can I get you guys anything? Can I get you, like, do you guys want like food or water or anything like that? And whenever he was talking with someone, it's like, you're the most important person in the world. Yeah. He's giving you the full end of it. So that's a, I, again, I think it's an art. It's a skill. It's something that, comes with time as well, right? It's a, it's a lot of intentionality. I mean, that's, he, he sounds yeah. like a very intentional person, authentic, intentional person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's also, I've seen people who get a little weirded out by that. They're like, oh, is this real? Like, you're just kind of yeah. forcing it. It's like, 
Well, no, like if you believe this is the right thing to do, well, now you have to be intentional and apply yourself because it's also not easy to do that all the time. Now, sure, I'm sure with repetition, you know, consistency over time, but yeah, like if you have, if there are realtors, right, that, that you guys have in your office, if there are transaction coordinators, right, like in the mortgage world, if there's underwriters, if there's whatever it is, like clients even, like, can you treat the client like the world-class version of themselves? And that's what's really going to, again, be the change you want to see. That's what helps people ultimately grow at, yeah. because a little belief goes a long way. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's just so hard when we're the only person believing. And yes, you have to surround yourself with the right people, be accountable to that, uh, have good people in your corner. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. Thoughts or questions? I want to be mindful of time. What are some of the what are some of the things that in this conversation you feel like have really come to the top that you want to make sure we spend some more time on? Oh man, great question. Um, I feel like we've covered so much. People are probably like, "Whoo, this is a lot." <laughs> um, you know, I think the the last thing I would probably say, and you just said it, one of the greatest lessons in the experience that I have had is truly who you surround yourself with. And I think hmm. when you're you know, younger, um, and, or, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I feel like for years I heard your ring of five, your circle of five, you know, and I'm like, Meh, whatever, truly now today, like I just turned 40 last year. And when I look back on the last 10 years, the people that I have chosen to surround myself with are 100% a contributing factor to the success that I've had. And it's, it, it's just been a game changer. Like even in my marriage, who Adam and I choose to be around other couples is a game changer. Business mentors is a game changer. I recently switched to a functional medicine doctor and like just for longevity, because I would rather, you know, do things right now than let's, have to fix pay it. the fees now than pay yeah. the later. Yeah, totally, totally. It, so even like, if you look at that wheel of life, every, um, like financially, um, the, the, the wealth advisors that, that help us now, like, there, in every aspect, every spoke of the wheel of life, the, the who's are like so important. I mean, so important. And and I just think sometimes when you're in the grind of everything and, and, you, and you're focused on your business and you're focused on the next day, you don't realize that as much. But for me, like that has just been one of the, uh, of all of all the experiences, probably who you're around. Linda McKissick taught me one thing. She's, it's called the three M's. She says, um, your three M's are your most important relationships that you'll have in your life. The first one is your master, meaning like who you spiritually answer to, whatever that is for you. Um, the second one is your mate, because that's a very obviously important decision. And the third one is your mission, which is like that future why. So if you can, oh if you can nail, like if you've got your mate and you choose, if, you, if you've got, if you nail your master, you know, you spiritually are in the right place, you nail a great mate, which I messed up the first time, but did great on the second time. And then, you know, your mission, you know, like that, that is. And so much of that is the people that you're surrounded with all the time. And I see a lot of these people that aren't achieving the success, you know, that they want. And then I'm like, but look at who you're around all the time. And are you intentionally choosing to get into rooms with people? And, you know, Adam and I just were working on our numbers from last year. And we shared this at a conference we just spoke at. But I mean, we spent over six figures last year on personal growth and development and coaching between the coaches that coach us and the rooms that we got in that we wanted to be into to learn more. Now we didn't, we haven't always done that, of course, um, up until the last couple of years, but it's not an expense to us. It's an investment. 
because we know how important it is to choose the people that you are around and to to have those relationships. So I would say, you know, to me, like looking back on experiences, since that's kind of been our focus, I wish I would have started that. I wish I would have paid more attention to that way earlier in my business and in my personal life than I did just over the last several years. Yeah. And and that's, that's beautiful. I think that it's, the the rooms that we because as our life changes and evolves right there's stages of life so i think yep. that sometimes again in retrospect we're all like oh man um yeah. but there's always I, I actually remember the it was the first time i went out of my way to seek a mentor wow i was at uh it was a conference in california called the conference on business and ethics and one of the people talking was the uh i guess you could say owner right he's the ceo for farmers and merchants bank which is the oh. largest independent bank in california and so this guy's a big deal, right? And I was inspired from the audience. Like just, I went up to him afterward, right? And a lot of people don't do this for one reason or another. And I was probably 23. And I was like, Dan, like I was super inspired by what you said. One day I want to be on the stage like w- with the same mission that you have. Would you be willing to meet with me so, a couple of times? Whenever for as much, like as little as time as you have, like anywhere. And we ended up having like four, five, six meetings in his office wow. in Long Beach, California, wow. because I asked. Yep. And a lot of people don't ask. And by the way, that was also free, right? Yeah. Is there's a lot of these people that, I don't know, a lot of the times people just don't. They're yep. just held back by fear. I, I understand that it's uncomfortable, but around this whole topic as well, we've got to make personal sacrifices in the short term for whatever you want in the long term. And as Jonathan Rhodes likes to say, I don't have it memorized yet, like a lot of his, his, he does or other people. So I have it on my desktop background and on my phone background is you have to be willing to pay the fees. Yeah. Yep. And the fees are time, energy, focus, and follow through. Yep. Love that. Those are the the fees. You have to be willing to pay the fees. Um, If you, you know, he, there's so many, I I made a little desktop thing that has all these inspirational things that over the years I've kind of, uh, I want to always keep in front of me now. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I love that, you know, that you guys are so intentional because especially I'm going to use the word at the level, right? Because sure, I would say that you guys by all stretch of like what people look at you as, you guys have achieved higher levels. At that level, it becomes even more important probably who, right, you're in the room with. And now, sure, money is a luxury that buys us things. And you've got to now spend that. Like I just said, when I was young, right? And, and Jonathan Roach, right? Renee Rodriguez, like I've paid a lot of money now for coaching as well. And it's like, sure, at, at a certain point, it starts to make sense. But I don't think it's an excuse to not yeah. find some kind of mentor because that it's there for you. You just got to ask. Yeah. And mentors can be podcasts. They can be books. They can be... Um, yeah. You know. we're, I call them um, mental mentors. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I, John Messel was a mentor to me for years before I ever met him in person because I read all of his books and I listened to his, you know, audio, well, then he had like audio tapes and stuff, but then podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. Love it. Nice. Mental, mental mentors get that if you don't have that either, but all right, Dana, thank you so much. I really, I'm so grateful. This was definitely one of my favorite episodes. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Just, Thanks for having when, me. When you, have a, when you have a page and you've just started going into the next page, <laughs> then I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful and super excited. So awesome. stay, stay here for just a second because this needs to finish uploading, yep. but for anybody watching, appreciate you staying this long. Share it with somebody who's going to benefit from this. Comment, like, and we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.